Welcome to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bronchick is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. This discussion today is about uh, things you could do at year-end for your uh, real estate business to boom next year. Um, and so, um, some of these are related to real estate itself, real estate, the real estate business, like what to do, what to offer. But some of it is just general business principles that really could apply to any business. But I'm going to try to tailor it best I can to real estate investing in particular, since that's uh, who we are. All right. So the first thing, you know, this is directly related related to real estate is. Um, Typically, it's slow on the multiple listing uh, for sellers generally between Thanksgiving and New Year's. That's one of the worst times you can put a house on the market. Now, given that at least you know where we live in uh, Colorado, it's a hot market, it may not matter as much, but still there's a slow time in every market between Thanksgiving and New Year. Just because people are busy with holidays, et cetera, et cetera, most people are not buying during that time period. So it's a good time, I think, to be making offers. Usually, um, most people, including myself, find that making offers on properties listed on the MLS with a broker are kind of a waste of time because there's so little inventory and so many, you know, people making offers that the the odds are pretty slim that you're going to get something. The exception would be this time of year because, again, um, individual sellers you know, who want to sell and they're not getting as many showings or not as many offers this time of year might be a good time. Also, um, bank REOs. Um, you know, the, for a lot of banks, the fiscal year ends uh, December 31st, and making some uh, uh, low offers on bank REOs might be a good way to go, especially if you can tell them you can close by the end of the year. Now, obviously, if you do this on the 20th, it's not going to be very, <laughs> very practical, but if you start doing this at the beginning of December, uh, mid-December at the latest, and you can do a cash closing and before the end of the year, you're probably going to get more likely to get a deal than if you did it in July. Okay. Uh, one thing I would not suggest, however, is doing mass marketing like mailing campaigns this time of year because I don't think people are paying attention as much to their mail. They're getting more mail because they're getting holiday cards and calendars and boring newsletters from their family. And so, you know, doing a mass mailing is more likely to get lost in the sauce or they're just not paying attention. And, and, and also, um, a lot of sellers, um, especially if they're motivated and they're in trouble, they tend to say, well, I'm just going to forget about my problems and enjoy the holidays and I'll deal with that in January, which makes early January a very good time to do your mailers because new year, new goals, I'm going to get rid of this house, I'm going to solve my problem, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I wouldn't be doing mailing. I might get your mailing ready to go out maybe the second week in uh, January, but I wouldn't get any mailers out um, this late in the year. Um, so, you know, real estate-wise, that's a good thing. Um, if you are renting properties, this is just another thing. If you're renting properties, um, this is also a bad time of year. Uh, people don't usually want to move in December. So if you have a property for rent, 
try to make your lease like maybe 14 months or 13 months. So that way, when you get the end of it, you're not back in December again. You're into January or February. And I don't think most tenants would balk at you know the requirement of a 14-month lease versus a 12-month lease. Okay. Um, the next thing, and this is you know pertains to most businesses, um, is accounting and taxes. Not a sexy topic, but practical stuff that you can do this time of year, so you can clear the stuff out of the way and hit the ground running in January. So um, clean up your books, your your whatever books you're using for accounting, whether it be spreadsheets. Um, QuickBooks or something really bad like a ledger book. I don't know if anyone uses a ledger book anymore, but there might be people still doing that. Um, I figure most people who aren't using a spreadsheet or QuickBooks are probably not keeping anything other than you know checking their balances and not balancing their accounts. But this would be a good time to clean that up. Hire a bookkeeper. Um, make sure everything's clean. Everything prints out properly and for profit and loss statements and analyze what you did for the year, what you spent and so forth and budget for next year. In terms of taxes, there are some last minute moves that you can do uh, that might be beneficial for you. Um, One of them is what's called a Section 179 purchase uh, under 179 of the Internal Revenue Code. You can buy certain things and expense it 100% 100% in the year you purchase it. Now, normally you buy like a truck or a piece of equipment. You have to amortize it over its useful life, which is usually five or seven years. Section 179 says if you buy certain types of uh, equipment, you can expense it and rather than, rather than amortize it. And um, in this new Republican tax bill, uh, I don't know if it gets passed with this version, but they're looking at um, – <clears throat> making that window for a couple of years bigger for all types of purchases that you can expense versus amortize, which, you know, encourages people to spend on equipment, which is very good. So things like um, 179 purchases include things like computers, software, cell phones, video cameras, that kind of stuff. Um, And it also includes a vehicle, uh, but it's got to have a gross vehicle weight over 6,000 pounds. So if you get a pickup truck or, you know, a large large SUV, um, you can expect, you could finance it and still expense the whole thing in the year you purchase it, which is really great. And it's also a good time to buy a car because at the end of the year, you can make some deals. Okay. Less some leftovers. Um, contributing to an IRA or 401k. Now you have until April 15th of next year to contribute to your IRA or 401k. However, that IRA or 401k must be opened and established by the end of this year in order for you to do that. So if you if you were thinking about setting up an IRA or 401k and making a contribution next year for this tax year, remember that the account must be established by December 31st of this year. And you could you can still contribute up to April 15th of next year for this tax year. Um, if you've had a good year and you typically take bonuses or salaries um, out of your company, you may want to delay those till January and put that income in the next year. Push it off. Um, 
or the opposite if you're having a uh, if you had some uh, some heavy duty expenses uh, maybe you want to pay yourself a, a big you know bonus in cash if you have it um, to offset that. Uh, and just really important to make an appointment with your CPA uh, early in January to discuss for the next year. Too many people wait till April 14th for what can we do for last year's taxes to save money, and that's not appropriate. You, you want to plan a year ahead of time. You want to get ahead of the game. Talk to your CPA and say, this is what I plan on doing this next tax year. Are there any things I can do to save money to cut expenses to, you know, have them look at your plan and what you're doing and see if there's any, you know, tax loopholes that might benefit you. Uh, the next thing is your corporate records. Um, those of you who have corporations, LLCs, etc., um, make sure it usually isn't in most states at the end of the year. It's usually on the anniversary of your filing. But if you have an annual report that you have to file with a Secretary of State, uh, if you're not sure, you know, go on your Secretary of State website, look up your company. It'll tell you when the next annual report is due. In some states, it's it's just January through December. In most states, it's anniversary. So if you filed in if you filed February 1st, your annual report is due February 1st every year. But, you know, if, if it's in a state you're not sure of, just, you know, Google it, look it up. Um, your annual meetings. If you're required to do annual meetings, like if you have a corporation um, and you didn't do your annual meetings, um, you know, now would be a good time to do it. Now, you don't have to actually do them. You just have to document them. If you're a single-person company, I always find it amusing to say you, you have to have a meeting with yourself <laughs> because you don't really. You just have to document the meeting with yourself. Um, and, and that won't take long, by the way. That would take no more than 15, 20 minutes to say – you know, we had the annual meeting on this date, and I was present, and we discussed the following business and elected the following, you know, uh, officers. And it's, it's a pretty basic form. Those of you who have my um, asset protection uh, course or have access to it online, uh, the forms are all in there. They're just standard standard annual meeting resolutions. Um, and then the last thing with corporate records is documenting transactions. Um, it's it's important that if you um, move large amounts of money in or out of your company or between companies, that you have a, a something documenting what that is. You know, we all do a little shuffling of money here and there between ourselves and our company and between companies to cover things. But what was that? Was that a contribution? Was it a distribution? Was it a loan? Was it a payback of a loan? Figure out with your CPA, what is the most beneficial? And for example, if it was a loan, then, you know, take a simple one page promissory note and say, you know, I made a loan between me and my company and the company signs for the loan and, you know, says he'll pay it back by this date with whatever interest you want to charge or none. But just, you know, it's a good idea to have those things documented in case you get audited. Um, and along those lines, in addition to meeting with a CPA, you might want to meet with an attorney who might have a light schedule in December that you can get a meeting to discuss things like entity structuring for your business. You know, if you haven't done that or if you have done that and you haven't looked at it in a while, things have changed. You may want to just review those things with your attorney. Um, 
maybe estate planning. If you haven't done a living trust or will, or you have a very old one, this might be a good time of year to tie that together with your businesses. Um, review your business practices, your marketing, your rental practices, you know, things, your leases, things like that, your contracts, your forms. Just, you know, if you've never done it or it's been a long time since you first met with your attorney and or you've changed your business practices, always a good idea to just have a checkup on that kind of stuff. Um, just on a personal note, those of you who want to contact me as an attorney, this is the busiest time of my year for some reason. Yeah. All my clients seem to think this is artificial deadline of December 31st to get things done. Uh, so I get slammed in December. So earlier the better if you want to make an appointment with me. Um, and number five, uh, and probably the most important, is to draft a business plan for next year. Um, and that would include, you know, looking at your short and long-term goals, uh, coming up with um, cash flow projections, um, a budget, expenses, um, a budget, especially what what you're going to spend on marketing. What are you going to spend on, uh, you know, maybe education or seminars? What you're going to spend on uh, hiring other people or, you know, uh, part-time employees or contractors. Um, and break it down into not just your annual goal, but your quarterly and monthly goals. Because um, if you focus on, well, I want to make you know, 250 grand this year, and that's your only goal, uh, it's hard to envision that when you start getting into uh, September and you're not even close, you start panicking. So what I would do is break that into quarterlies, and then break that into intermediate goals. So in order, for example, if you want to make uh, a particular type of real estate transaction, which on average you'll make $20,000, how many offers do you have to make in order to get a deal like that? And how many properties do you have to look at to make an offer on a deal like that? And then that's your goal every week. You know, i got to make X amount of offers, X amount of mailers, X amount of uh, people I need to get in front of, X amount of phone calls. And if you focus on that stuff, the big picture tends to get get done. Okay, it's just a number game. That's all it is. Just numbers. Just break it down. It's all math. Take the emotion out of it. Okay. Um, there's probably a lot more things that I could think of that we could do this time of year to make next year uh, a banner year. Um, but for the life of me, that's when I wrote this all down. That was the first that came to mind, and I didn't want to bore everyone to tears with this stuff. So <laughs> if anybody has any other um, questions, hints, or suggestions about things they do this time of year that make their next year more efficient or more profitable, feel free to chime right in with that. Bill, this is Frank. The only thing I would add to that is I would, uh, once I've got my quarterly goals and monthly stuff down, I would then maybe put in my electronic calendar, maybe some action steps to help me mm -hmm. move toward, forward to that. And, of course, you know, uh, again, get, I, I write things like if I meet with an accountant in December or whenever I meet with them, I'll, I'll make that a yearly activity so I'm always reminded. Right, right. Because like Gmail and uh, Outlook calendars have the ability to do what's called recurring yeah. events. 
So if you need to make, you know, 30 calls a week uh, on for sale by owners, um, you can put that as a recurring activity weekly in your calendar. So it'll pester you, email you, text you or whatever. Um, and, and that's the only way it gets done. You know, if you don't plan your week, it just goes by. So if you have that every, you know, Thursday afternoon or every Tuesday morning as an appointment to do, set aside two hours for it and it'll email you or beep, you know, buzz at you or text you or whatever. And, you know, you're more likely to get it done when you're structured like that. Good point. And by the way, on that note, if you do do some searches and Googles, there are dozens, if not hundreds of goal setting planning software on the market. Um, I would look for something simple that integrates with your calendar. Like if you're using Google Calendar, the Gmail Calendar, or you're using Outlook Calendar, just look for one that integrates with that so you can have a place that you can put in all your goals and your steps and your to-dos and your actions items, and then it'll stick it in your calendar and integrate it real good. There's a lot out there. If you're an electronic type of person and you carry a smartphone, if you're not and you carry a flip phone, nothing wrong with a good old Franklin planner. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Good call, and we'll have this up and recorded probably up and within a week. As long as all the other calls are there, you can download them to your iPad, iPod, burn them to a CD, whatever you want to do. Um, and if you need help with that, do not hesitate to call Frank. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Have a great uh, weekend. Thank you for listening to Bill Bonchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com.